You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. It's one o'clock Eastern Standard Time. We are transmitting from Atlanta, Georgia, from America Web Radio, and this is Let's Talk Venezuela. I'm Kat Fletcher. Uh, Josie Cruz can, couldn't uh, make it today, but she promised that she will be here next week okay um, and there is the news but today we have something special the audio that you will hear comes from a software some, uh, from uh, artificial intelligence it's uh, made by human voices but the audio is generated but by a computer. Um, let's uh, we are experimenting here into the future of the radio. Uh, the first news is the Tamanaco Hotel since ceases to belong to the Intercontinental Group. Run Miami number one. Man who serviced Russian jets in Venezuela denied. No, that's by Joshua Goodman, oh, Cleveland, oh. Ohio. No, let me let me read it. The Tamanaco Hotel ceases to belong to the Intercontinental Group. The company executives based in Deham, United Kingdom, decided after conducting an inspection that determined that the once emblematic building in Caracas does not comply with the chain high standards procedures, services and policies. Intercontinental Hotels Group, the British company, which operates several hotel brands globally, decided a few months ago to end its relationship with the Hotel Tamanaco in Caracas since its inauguration on December 11, 1953. After a series of inspections, executives from the Intercontinental, whose headquarters are in Deham, Buckinghamshire, determined that the Hotel Tamanaco does not comply with the high standards, procedures, services, and policies of the hotel chain. In addition, it appears that the hotel did not comply with its latest remodeling request in the lobby area, rooms, lounges, green areas, and the pool, according to Product Magazine. The Intercontinental demanded that any material mentioning its name be removed, including the giant sign on the roof of the building. The conglomerate IHG Hotels and Resort was first removed from its catalog of more than 210 hotels and then its website to Tamanaco. 
At its most remarkable expansion, the chain-owned hotels in Puerto Ordaz, Maracaibo, Valencia, and Barquisimeto. The emblematic hotel was designed and built by Gustavo Guinan van der Waal and the American firms of architects Hollebur, Rood, and Borgi in 1946. However, it was inaugurated in 1953 by Marcos Perez Jimenez. Okay, another emblematic, uh, another emblematic uh, uh, icon that is going bust. Uh, my only comment on this uh, on this situation is that. Um, it's, it's a sign of the of the times, you know. Um, it's sad because it was uh, it was the highest standard that we had in Venezuela, but already we uh, we lost another uh, icon on our country. Okay. Uh, it's sad, really. Caracas is losing uh, a lot of things, and Tamanaco Hotel is one of the things that, at least on, on the on the on the highest level of quality, it's gone. Uh, the next uh, uh, news is. Death toll rises to at least 20 in Western Venezuelan fraud. More than 1,200 houses have been destroyed and 17 people missing as rescue workers search the wreckage in Merida State. Image shared on social media showed cars being swept down streets, buildings and businesses filled with mud and mudslides that, that left boulders strewn across roads. At least 20 people have died in the western Venezuela state of Merida following intense rains that caused mudslides and rivers to overflow. On a state TV on Wednesday, a ruling Socialist Party official in Merida announced the death toll had risen and said authorities were working to restore for telephone service in some areas. State Governor Ramon Guevara said earlier that more than 1,200 houses had been destroyed and 70 people remained missing as rescue workers searched the wreckage. Let's try not to make this political or ideological. Guevara, a member of Democratic Action Opposition Party, said, Let's all look for solutions to the problem. Imes shared on social media showed cars being swept down the streets, buildings and businesses filled with mud and mudslides that left boulders thrown across roads. Several towns in the affected area, including Tobar, 
Bailadores, Sea and Santa Cruz de Mora, are without electricity as floodwaters damage transformers, Guevara said. Neither the state nor municipal government have the resources to help the affected areas, he said, but he has a church infrastructure specialist to work with Caracas on repairing buildings and road. President Nicolás Maduro on Tuesday said all minister Tarek El Aizami had guaranteed fuel for the rescue efforts. Interior Minister Remigio Ceballos told State TV on Wednesday that at least 54,543 people in 87 municipalities have been affected in addition to damaged roads and bridges. He said that the states that remained in a state of emergency were Mérida, Táchira, Zulia, Apure, Amazonas, Bolívar, Delta Macuro, Monagas, and Aragua. So far, 80 firefighters and 60 civil protection officials from Mérida have been deployed for the emergency operations in addition to members of the armed forces stationed in the area. The Guevara instructed officials to organize a humanitarian aid collection post in Mérida City Center where they are receiving contributions of water, non-perishable food, clothing, blankets. Guevara also deployed health workers to the hardest hit areas. Well, what, what we can say about this? This is 1999 again. Do you remember when La Guaira was swept out by the mudslide. Well, it's the same thing. It's all over again. The improvisation, the lack of resources, the everything that is happening again and again and again in that country. If you know that you have this kind of problems in a very uh, uh, repeatedly way you must be prepared that for that kind of emergencies but you know that socialism they don't care they don't care about anyone and even Mr. Guevara says that we have not politicized and we need to solve the problem no they have to solve the problem. They have the resources and they have the power. The population is giving them that power. And well, after this message, we'll be back. Hi, this is Rocky Blair, former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes, soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. 
over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, From Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, but also for the family and friends who support and love the one caught in its grasp. What should be the course of treatment? Who is the best person to render treatment? And what is the best place to go for the care that is needed? We know that you want answers to these and many more questions. Call 770-696-9862 and speak to a representative of the Atlanta Healing Center. They can tailor a program specifically designed to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key, and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com. My name is Colonel Retired Rick White, the United States Army Veteran, and I'm the Director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I would like to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. If you are a Georgia veteran, and the Georgia veteran's definition is you are either born in this state, or you lived in this state 10 years, or you raised your right hand and joined the military in the state of Georgia, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to your website at www.gmvhof.org. Or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. Nominations need to be in by the last Friday in August each year. Again, if you're a Georgia veteran or you're a friend or family member of a Georgia veteran, living or deceased, please consider nominating that veteran to this highly noble and rare Hall of Fame for our great state. Thank you so much. Well, this is Let's Talk Venezuela. And the next news is coming from Miami. Miami man who serviced Russian jets in Venezuela denied bail. By Joshua Goodman, Cleveland, Ohio. A Miami businessman accused of servicing Venezuela's fleet of Russian fighter jets in violation of U.S. sanctions was denied bail as a federal judge determined he was a flight risk due to extensive ties with the South American country's military. Jorge Nabriga admitted to having been on several Venezuelan air bases, flown in military aircraft, and having friends inside the military upon his recent arrest. 
a federal prosecutor said in an arraignment hearing Wednesday. The case against the previously unknown Nabriga, which prosecutors said is likely to include money laundering charges, stands out from a bevy of other ongoing criminal investigations focused on corruption in Venezuela because it's one of the first to look into the dealings of Venezuela's military, a key plank of support for President Nicolas Maduro. It also is likely to shed a light on how Maduro's socialist government began relying on Thailand's publicly traded Tipco asphalt, a long-time buyer of the country's crude oil, to make payments around the world once U.S. sanctions imposed in 2019 cut off its access to Western banks. Nabriga, after his arrest Sunday at Miami's International Airport, spoke for more than two hours to investigators from the Department of Homeland Security and acknowledged receiving two payments in March 2020 from Tipco, prosecutor Kurt Lunkenheimer said in court. More than 2.4 million euros, $2.8 million, allegedly was transferred between March and July 2019 from Tipco to a bank account in Portugal in the name of Nobrega's company, Icabal Technologies, according to federal investigators. Of that amount, the bulk was transferred to Nobrega's U.S. accounts. But about 1 million euros in the Portuguese bank remains unaccounted. He may have the means to live nicely outside the United States if he were to flee, Lunkenheimer argued. Judge Jacqueline Becerra agreed and said that his ties to Venezuela's government and the fact that he had a common-law wife and two younger children living in Venezuela were also a factor in her decision to reject a request for bail that included offering up as collateral two Miami apartments as well as an Orlando home he still owns with his ex-wife. The criminal complaint and affidavit against Nabriga alleged that his Miami company sold to Venezuela's military a suppressant foam to insulate fuel tanks on its Sukhoi combat aircraft from exploding under enemy gunfire. In a recorded meeting with an unidentified informant, Nabriga allegedly bragged about meeting with Venezuelan Defense Minister Vladimir Padrino Lopez and likened the technique to a form of dialysis that would save Venezuela the expense of sending the fleet in Russia for servicing. He was allegedly paid for his work by Venezuela's state-owned oil company PDVSA via TIPCO. An Associated Press investigation last year revealed how Venezuela had been relying on TIPCO to blunt the impact of U.S. sanctions. In exchange for deep discounts on crude shipments, TIPCO would pay PDVSA's obligations and deduct the amounts from what it owed the Venezuelan oil giant, according to records obtained by AP. TIPCO is not named as a defendant in the criminal complaint. But an investigator for the Department of Homeland Security citing AP's reporting identified the Thai company as the third-party money launderer that collaborated with PDVSA to move hundreds of millions of dollars on behalf of Venezuela's socialist government. U.S. sanctions against Maduro's government make it illegal for U.S. firms and those who assist them from doing business with PDVSA, except with a license from the U.S. Treasury Department. Additionally, any export of military equipment or services requires the approval of the State Department, which Acabal didn't have. Documents obtained by AP show that Acabal received three payments totaling more than $3.6 million via TIPCO between February 2019 and March 2020. Two other U.S. registered vendors not affiliated with Nabriga received an additional $4.1 million in the same manner, according to the same records. The documents, invoices, contracts, shipping records, and wire receipts were provided to AP by a former PDVSA consultant located outside Venezuela on the condition of anonymity for fear of retaliation. Nabriga, a naturalized American Venezuelan-born, established Acabal in the 1990s. 
The company lists as its address on Florida Corporate Registry a small warehouse near Miami's International Airport identified by Giant Sign for another company. Several other businesses are also registered at the same address. There is no indication Tipco knew what services Acabal was providing Venezuela even as it acted as a financial intermediary allowing the company to evade compliance with sanctions. But investigators obtained documents that suggest Acabal tried to hide its dealings with Venezuela, at one point presenting purchase orders from an Australian vendor specializing in fuel handling equipment to justify more than $800,000 in two transfers to Acabal's bank account in Portugal. Law enforcement is unaware whether these supporting documents reflect actual business dealings and are being reused by Nabriga to provide justification for the wire transfers, or whether they were completely fabricated, the federal agent said in his affidavit. Tipco did not respond to a request for comment on the criminal complaint. But CEO Chaiwat Srivalwat, in an email to AP last year, said that any payments to third parties at PDVSA's request strictly corresponded to its oil purchases from Venezuela, Tico is a PDVSA client, not the Venezuelan Central Bank, Jean-Pierre Pastor, Tipco's representative in Venezuela, wrote in bold and underlined text in an email to PDVSA in January 2020 complaining of the frequent requests for it to pay its vendors. Tipco tried as much as possible to assist you in this difficult period, added Pastor, the brother of longtime Tipco board member Jacques Pastor, who has also served as the head of the Asia-Pacific office for Tipco's top shareholder, French road builder Colas. Let's hope you will not forget it. That's the end of this note. What do you think, uh, Brett, about this new technology that reads uh, whatever uh, you, you write? You, did you like it? Did you like the voice? Yeah. It sounds natural. In some way, and this uh, and this is the version 1.0. This is the future of the radio, really. Well, this is the third scandal that involves Venezuelan bullying chupados in uh, United States. We have a case in uh, in Cape Verde. We have another case. In, uh, in Miami and this is the third case you know people who think or who thought that they can um, you know uh, go against the US law if the US have uh, uh, forbids to do business without a license to Venezuela, the Venezuelans must understand that that is the law and they have to follow the law. Um, or they can uh, lose everything that they work for because right now corruption is in the same level as uh, crime like uh, drug dealing okay and that's and that's the way it is they um, they do not understand the the big big trouble 
where you may might be involved if you are discovered okay and let me tell you something for the last four and a half years the state department the fbi uh, were investigating all these transactions uh, against the people who breaks the law in favor of the venezuelan uh, tyranny and uh, if you play with fire you got burned it's the way it is and uh, uh, my recommendation is is that if you got involved in any ways with the venezuelan government during the last four years you must have a very good lawyer to negotiate your uh, your deal with the with the government with the judges and with the judicial system in the United States that really works and with this word we have uh, a break and we'll be back after these messages. My name is Colonel Retired Rick White, a United States Army veteran, and I'm the director of the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. I would like to encourage all Georgia veterans to consider being nominated to the Georgia Military Veterans Hall of Fame. If you are a Georgia veteran, and the Georgia veteran's definition is you are either born in this state or you lived in the state 10 years or you raised your right hand and joined the military in the state of Georgia, you are considered a Georgia veteran. For further information, go to your website at www.gmvhof.org. Or you can contact me at 678-427-0915. Nominations need to be in by the last Friday in August each year. Again, if you're a Georgia veteran or you're a friend or family member of a Georgia veteran, living or deceased, please consider nominating that veteran to this highly noble and rare Hall of Fame for our great state. Thank you so much. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, welcome back to Let's Talk Venezuelan. Now, <clears throat> the um, Venezuelan government has another problem. They are trying to raise money in any ways possible. But trying to raise money in a downside uh, uh, economy such as it happens right now um, cause another set of problems and let's um, 
this uh, recording uh, explain you what is going on. from Venezuela, Iran stack ups on Singapore. Clapdown in China on private refiners has interrupted imports. Beijing's proof has seen import quotes for teapots reduced. Oil stored in ship has been stacking up of the key Asian ports as a crackdown in China on private crude oil processors has blunted purchases and disrupted flows, including some U.S. sanctioned barrels from Iran. Vessels of Singapore, Malaysia, and China had about 62 million barrels last week after hitting a near three months higher this month, according to intelligence firm Kepler. Venezuelan oil and Iran's heavier grade, commonly imported as bitumen mixture, are among the varieties held, Kepler said. These barrels sitting off Southeast Asia are distressed, says Anup Singh, a Singapore-based head of East of Suez Tankers Research at Brimar ACM Shipbrokers Limited. They are going to have a tough time finding homes other than China. Only the situation surrounding the U.S. Sanctions, sanctions changed dramatically or China's clampdown on its independent is East. China, the world's biggest crude importer, has been proven private refiners to bolster compliance with tax obligations and environmental rules. The investigations have seen import quotes could at a time when global crude markets have been ruled by the spread of Delta coronavirus variant and prospect to, for reduced monetary stimulus. That seen global benchmark, Brent dropped back into the 60s a barrel after rising towers $80 in as recently as July. Ordinarily, supplies would build off offshore only when the market is in contango, a bearish structure that encourages traders to lock in higher future prices and hoard oil for later sales. Such a shift was seen in the early phase of the coronavirus pandemic, with a present futures remain backwarded. The opposite pattern in which 
near date prices trade above those further out. And the uptick in floating holdings in Asia may partly reflect the proof's fallout. As part of the prolonged clapdown, China introduced a consumption tax from June on imports of three oil-related items, including bitumen mixture, citing pollution concern. That's contribute to the pile-off of Asian ports as the tar-like substance used to produce road-making material was often used as a cover to mask actual flows of Iranian and Venezuelan oil into Asia. With the new Levi boosting the price of bitumen mix import, the volume into China shrunk by about 80% last month from the peak in May. According to Janos Ye, crude oil analyst at Kepler, the main destination for sanctions cargo in China most of the time. In the following holders in the region, Kepler identified millions of barrels of Iranian crude and condensate. Do you remember the condensate? Yes, the same one as well oil that had undergone ship-to-ship transfer of Malaysia, a practice that can obscure a cargo's origin. Venezuela Merey was also heard. Merey is a, is a ship with a Venezuelan uh, flag. Volumes accounted for about 41% of oil held on vessels globally, according to Kepler. The data provided defines floating storage as ships that have been idle or moving at a very small, uh, slow speed for at least seven days. There may be have also have been a knockoff effect around China's ports as some cargoes from other destinations were held up. A total of 29 oil-laden tankers were floating off China, according to Vortexa, while one-fifth were believed to be carrying Iranian and Venezuelan crude. Others were laden with oil from Abu Dhabi and Brazil. I mean, delays to discharging due to a lack of storage space, said Emma Lee, a Singapore-based analyst at Vortexa. The company defines floating storage as cheap stationary for at least seven days. As part of the clapdown, Chinese authorities have cut import quotes allowed for the independence. Last month, flows of crude into China fell to the lowest since May after the reductions, as well as disruption caused by a typhoon. In addition, China's oil refiner 
tumbled to the slowest pace in 14 months in July. If fresh import quotes are issued to the private refiners in the next month or so, then the floating volume will be cleared sometimes in the fourth quarter. Think at Bremer said. Okay. What does this imply to Venezuela? That he's that its more important client is not buying the volumes that they supposed to buy. It's um, the reduction is about eighty percent, and we must understand that the that this uh, problem will uh, create a heavy cash flow for the Venezuelan government that uh, is cash trapped since about two years ago, since basically the um, sanctions created by uh, Donald Trump's administration um, began. Okay? Uh, I remember that when this... uh, this administration in uh, in Venezuela began. Uh, Chavez used to say, uh, "Gringos go home, uh, gringos of S H I T." Okay, now they are complaining because the United States of America exercised their right on control the export against uh, companies that violates human rights. And uh, it's very important because do you remember that last week we were talking about uh, four Iranian spies that um, kidnapped two American citizens from Iranian origin and they took to uh, to Iran and execute one of them via Venezuela. Now, in the next uh, in the next break, we will talk about other cases that involve an American citizens too. Um, let's go to a break. If you live to serve and want to make an even bigger difference, consider joining the U.S. Army. With training in fields like medical care, linguistics, and engineering, an Army career can amplify your efforts with humanitarian opportunities all over the world. Plus, you'll receive competitive pay and incredible benefits, so you'll be taken care of, too. Learn more at GoArmy.com. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, join me, Roger B., every Tuesday at 1400 hours right here on America's Web Radio for the Locked and Loaded Show. We will talk about guns, weapons, ammo, gun accessories, prepping, and so much more. So be sure to join us every Tuesday at 1400 or 2 p.m. for Locked and Loaded on America's Web Radio. Hi, this is Rocky Blair former four-time Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Vietnam veteran. As a board member, I'd like to talk to you about Warriors to Citizen, a nonprofit organization that helps American heroes 
soldiers, police, fire, EMT, and their families recover from the psychological harm caused by career-induced stress. Over the last 20 years, broken relationships have been a major causal factor for the highest document divorce rate and resulting suicides in this population. This program, From Warriors to Citizen, is delivered free to families by professionals, all whom served in uniform and understand the needs to be addressed. I ask for your support. So please, go to our website, warriorstocitizen.org, and find out how you can help, either by making a donation or sharing this information with an American hero that you may know. And thank you. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Well, we are in Let's Talk Venezuela. We are talking about what's going on, the news, the Venezuelan news that you don't hear in other places that it's here and it's real, a real news that we confirm uh, the sources. And um, what's going on? The uh, U.S. government have um, uh, sanctions against not really Venezuela. It's against the... um, the a government, a tyrannical government that is uh, uh, breaking the international law. And this is a very special case that we want to show right now. American couple tries to pressure Venezuela to stop white torture of imprisoned nephew. A Mapache publication written by Kevin G. Hall, Antonio Maria Delgado, and Matthew John Heath. Washington. Years of training as a geologist have done little to prepare Everett Rutherford for the unfamiliar terrain he now treads. It's not shell rock formations or buried oil he must figure out. It's diplomacy. Rutherford and his wife Trudy were navigating the corridors of power in Washington last week. They have also burned up the phone lines to Venezuela trying to free their nephew, retired U.S. Marine Matthew John Heath. We are normal people who find ourselves in extraordinary circumstances, said Rutherford, 63, a soft-spoken man with a long ponytail and a serious demeanor. Heath was arrested and charged as an alleged terrorist last September in Venezuela. He was detained at a highway checkpoint under disputed circumstances in the porous La Guajira region, where Colombia and Venezuela share a haphazard border. Although there was no mention of weapons in the original arrest report, Days later, Heath's arrest was announced in the capital with photos of an alleged arsenal supposedly found in his car. Heath's Venezuelan attorney, Guillermo Aradia, has presented documentation showing some of that arsenal was too long to fit in the trunk of the car in which he was stopped. Heath has been refusing to attend court proceedings, seeking transfer from what rights groups call an inhumane prison. He complained about conditions in February, and because of missteps by Venezuelan prosecutors, his case has gone back to the beginning with a restart potentially scheduled for September 2nd. The Knoxville, Tennessee native is coming up on a year in a Venezuelan prison and just spent his 40th birthday there in what amounts to a dungeon underneath a parking structure in the capital city of Caracas, where carbon monoxide seeps in. His uncle said the family has only been allowed two calls with him, 
the most recent about two weeks ago when a call came unexpectedly and was made without his lawyer present. Matthew's voice was very calm, and his father's interpretation was that the phone call may have been staged by the military counterintelligence agency, said Everett. Added Trudy Rutherford, he did say things are better here, which we know is not true. We send food, clothing and medicine every Monday. Sometimes he gets a two-minute phone call with his lawyer. He'll say, I didn't get my medicine. I don't get all my food. Through non-government groups and foreign diplomats, the Rutherfords and their supporters are seeking to pressure Venezuela for so-called wellness visits. These would allow a UN delegation, the Red Cross, the Vatican or some charity to verify Heath's mental and physical soundness. He hasn't really seen his attorney face-to-face -face going on nine weeks now. Dr. Aradia doesn't know how Matthew's physical health is. We don't know how his psychological health is, his aunt said, pointing out that a court order to move him to a prison with better conditions has been ignored. A big challenge in pursuing diplomatic solutions for Heath, however, is that the Trump administration stopped recognizing the regime of President Nicolas Maduro in January 2019 in favor of a lawmaker it considered the constitutional president. This has continued in the Biden administration, so direct government-to-government -government talks remain a challenge. Maduro is widely viewed as seeking something in return for freeing Americans who are detained in Venezuela. Even improving conditions for Heath's condition seems open to horse trading for an easing of sanctions or restrictions on sales of needed diesel fuel to Venezuela. Maduro wants something for Matthew. We'd just like to know what it is so our government can get involved and start working on getting our Americans home, said Trudy, 59, who helped raise Heath and considers him almost a son. She describes Heath as a bookworm who signed up for military service while still in high school to continue a family tradition. He's very honest and hardworking. His life's goal was to be a captain of his own boat, said Trudy, a quality control specialist and a Knoxville area pipe manufacturer. Heath bought a 53-foot trawler named the Purple Dream and hoped to start a charter business. Among the many mysteries is what happened after he made landfall in the Colombian port city of Cartagena on his way to the island of Aruba. He was arrested inland in Colombia in March 2020 and charged with possession of ammunition for a 9mm weapon although he had no gun on him. The timeline and trail after that are murky. The family believes Heath may have been subsequently extorted, asking his parents of humble means and friends to send him money. He may have eventually been sold by a crime ring to the Venezuelan government. One thing is clear, when his father ran out of money, he popped up on the grid in Venezuela, said Everett Rutherford. The Rutherfords were in Washington last week to attend an awards dinner put on by the James W. Foley Foundation, a non-government group that works to free hostages and the unlawfully detained and named for a U.S. journalist kidnapped and slain in Syria. Heath's family used the dinner to meet with other families and during the week visited State Department officials and congressional staffers for the Tennessee delegation. We're anxious to tell Matthew's story to anyone who will listen, said Rutherford, 63, now a consultant who has been spending countless hours on his nephew's case. It's not an easy story to hear. Human rights advocates who monitor prison conditions in Venezuela say the place holding Heath is known for deplorable conditions. They have received orders from within the regime to transfer all political prisoners out of the headquarters but they have refused to do so with Matthew and others prisoners that are considered to be the most emblematic military officers and personnel that have rebelled against the regime, said Tamara Suju, a rights activist who also forms part of Heath's defense team. 
she added most prisoners are not allowed to bathe regularly, allowing them to do so about once a week or when they have court appointments. In an earlier report on a section of the prison holding Heath, called the House of Dreams in a bitterly ironic twist, Suju had documented prisoners sprawled on the floor trying to breathe the cooler air coming from an adjacent room with air conditioning. Matthew is being subjected to what is called white torture, which is the one that does not leave physical traces, but has a severe psychological impact, she said. Those that are held at that place are subjected to this type of torture every day. McClatchy, Washington Bureau National Security Correspondent Michael Wilner contributed. This, this is the news, okay? But, you know, kidnapping American citizens out of the country is unacceptable. Especially when you are talking about a veteran, a former Marine. This is unacceptable. You know, the Colombian government, the criminal rings, and the Venezuelan <coughs> government are involved in this crime. And uh, it's it's must be. What is your opinion about this, uh, David? What is your opinion about kidnapping a, a, an American citizen in Colombia, sold to the Venezuelan government just to create a a some kind of interchange. You know, he's he's a hostage of the Venezuelan government. And for me, that is unacceptable. Well, we have a uh, situation that we have a president that's not capable of doing anything. And uh, his negotiation abilities are to apologize. And, uh, you know, if I think what's, I agree with you that it's unacceptable to uh, have any American being held hostage anywhere, and that includes Afghanistan. Now, the problem is we've got such a weak administration that nobody's concerned about what's going to happen next. Nothing's going to happen to them. If I were in a position, not only sanctions, I would cut off everything. But nobody's going to do that, I'm afraid. Nobody, uh, nobody's going to do anything. And they know it. It's, and it's basically a, a hostage situation, you right. know. This is, this is not something that you can say, okay, the guy was guilty. No. Everything on the, on the case of Heath... Uh, uh, Signal that he was trapped and and uh, and you know kidnapped by uh, the um, three two governments, Colombian and Venezuelan, and an and an a criminal organization who first took the ransom and later sold uh, this. Uh, uh, gentlemen to the Venezuelan government 
to have a something to negotiate. I remember, do you remember the case of this American citizen that was uh, arrested and, and in North Korea? And then he came here and died because yeah. the, okay, I felt the same thing with Mr. Heath. Exactly, I have the same uh, sensation because, you know, they are communists and you don't negotiate with communists. You have, when, when do you remember what Trump said to Kim Il-jung when he said, no, I will bombard the nuclear United States, and, and Trump says... Uh, we have a bigger button. Uh, exactly, exactly. And we need to exercise that bigger well, button. You know, around the world, and, and Biden's incapable. Uh, Biden is such a weak shell of a man, if he ever was a man, that he will do nothing, and everybody around the world knows it. And we're getting to the point that we're going to have to have somebody in that office that doesn't mind kicking ass and taking names. And um, we've got to have it soon. Uh, we have lost more respect than the last two months because of Afghanistan. And, you know, and the weakness of Biden and the Biden administration, I can't really... I don't know what I'd do if a... Well, uh, ISIS is alive and kicking in in Kabul. Today we have um, a two bombs blast yeah. in the uh, Kabul airport, you know? And we should blast back. And that's, uh, unfortunately, Biden is so damn weak. And so he's so demented. Uh, just like Dr. Shears was saying this morning, you can look at the guy and know that he's... He's someplace else. It's like there's a joke going around of a Martian landing on Earth and coming up to a person and saying, take me to your leader. And the person that he's talking to says, hey, bud, I'm sorry, but you came at the wrong time. We don't have one. That's right. And that's sad. And it's very sad. It's very sad. Uh, it's uh, it's a situation created artificially. We, we are uh, expecting the end of the uh, what happened in the November 3rd elections, the uh, audits of Fulton County. It's about to be published. And, uh, you know, <laughs> I saw right now U.S. politics as I saw Venezuelan politics uh, 30 or 40 years ago, you know, a big, big, big lie. Um, it's, it's the way I see it, I perceive it, and with these uh, words, you know, we have to say goodbye to this, uh, to this uh, um, number on uh, uh, Let's Talk Venezuela. Okay, so um, thank you very much, uh, David. Thank you very much, Brad. The, um, the things is very sad, very grim, and especially when you see that American citizens around the world are di completely disprotected. 
right you now. know this is the and i've said this on several other shows but this is the first time i've ever been ashamed of the united states and i'm not sh- ashamed of the people of the united states i'm ashamed of the administration we have never let people down like we're letting them down in afghanistan and it's all due to one person that i don't think is even a person and uh, we shouldn't let them down. We shouldn't let our citizens down no matter where they are. And whether it's in Venezuela or Afghanistan or wherever, we should never let an American down. So with that being said, we're about out of time. And uh, we're going to be doing the same or a similar show in Spanish. Yes. Hablemos venezolano. But I think think we'll be able to handle your uh, pre-recorded. Is it in Spanish? Yes, it's in Spanish. Oh, fantastic. We have also the news in Spanish. Okay, well, we'll be back with more in just a moment. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.